Lean forward slightly. Look straight at the speaker. And listen with a sparkle in your eye. As though you might be thinking, gee, this is the most wonderful thing I've ever heard in all my life. Live from Hollywood, California, this is So I Married a Movie Geek! Welcome, welcome to an exciting episode of So I Married a Movie Geek. I'm one of your hosts, Chrissy McQueen, and Justin Winters, our other host, is on my left-hand side. And Justin, did you bring the magic with you this week? I think so. Did you now? Yes. I just checked I did. <laughs> did you bring... Wine. Yes. Yes, apparently. I did. And don't get all upset, people. It's just for Justin. It's not for me. He is enjoying himself a nice big glass of white zin on my behalf. Mm-hmm. We're just going to say that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Goes down smooth, right, Justin? It's great. All right. Well, hopefully this will be good for uh, this, this week's podcast, considering that last week's was mm, less than, I think, completely fun and exciting and amazing. No? Just a little bit? I feel like last week's we were very cut and dry. Like, these are Pixar movies and this is why we like them. The end. But this week, Justin has brought the magic. I brought it. I brought Mike. You did? Yes. He's here? He's under the pillow. Oh. What's up, Mike? (laughs) So, we have Magic Mike to review, along with a couple of oldies that I had never seen. Namely, Flashdance, I would have feeling, and Stayin' Alive, a.k.a. Saturday Night Fever. There's a story behind the Stayin' Alive thing. We'll get to there. But, uh, Jess, what part of you, after watching Magic Mike, thought, I know it would make great companion movies, Saturday Night Fever and Flashdance? Um, well... <laughs> Because both of them are like, uh, they were pop culture phenomenons dealing with dance. In the same way Magic Mike has been, it's captivated women everywhere. You think it's going to be a pop culture phenomenon for the future? I don't know, man. It's pretty, it's, it's pretty hot. You were pretty excited to see this movie. Why not? (laughs) Why can't I be excited to see a movie? No, so you guys, this is a funny story. Um, Justin and, uh, our best friend Kim made plans to go see Magic Mike with me, uh, over the weekend. And it was like, we're so excited. We're going to see Magic Mike. We show up. Kim and I are first to walk in the theater and it is like wall to wall women of all ages. And then Justin. (laughs) And there were a couple, there were. It's not a bad thing to be. No, it's true. I'm like, what's up ladies? (laughs) You thought I wasn't going to be here, but I am. Let's get get magical. Let's get magical and Mikey. (laughs) And then there were a couple of other guys who walked in after Justin. And and I was like, oh, look, he's not alone. There are some other guys here, too. But um, then we sat down and we were discussing the magic that is Channing Tatum. And (laughs) we're sitting there. And they're both kind of, like, pooping on me because I'm like... What? Metaphorically. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, I didn't want to say the S word. I'm trying to hold back on my swearing. 
Uh, because I'm not like a big Channing Tatum fan. I really liked him in 21 Jump Street, but I hated him in The Vow. But I hated The Vow. So I said that, and Kim goes, oh, yeah, no, I understand. I hated The Vow, too. And Justin leans over the two of us and is like, why you guys got to hate on The Vow? Wasn't that bad? So then he became Mark Wahlberg. I don't know what happened. But yeah, why you guys got to hate on The Vow? And I was like, let me get this straight. Justin's super excited to see Magic Mike. He's defending The Vow. Just What's up? Is there anything you'd like to tell me as you sip your white zin? Yes. What? I like the vow. <laughs> you didn't hate the vow. I seem to get like a C C plus. Or You're something. right. At the time, I was relatively fair with it, but in hindsight, I am only remembering the bad parts, not the good parts. I just remember you um, hating on Channing Tatum. Channing Tatum. And then you had to um, <laughs> do a U-turn and write a. I'm sorry, Channing Tatum. <laughs> apology letter, note. apology note. After to 21 him. Jump Street, yeah, a little bit, but you know, we make fun of the whole Matt Damon thing. Remember Matt Damon from Team America? Mm-hmm. I feel like that's really more appropriate for Channing Tatum. Channing Tatum. Whatever, Channing Tatum. I like you. Hey, I think that you're probably a really fun guy, and I would probably like to be friends with you. But I don't want to sleep with you like the legions of women that apparently want to. Why? No, I really don't. Not my type. I mean, we can, like, sleep in the bunk beds together, Channing Tatum, and <laughs> share childhood stories as we fall asleep. So, so while I lambast the vow, Justin defends it, and now when I'm like, I don't want to sleep with you, Channing Tatum, Justin's like, I'll do it. <laughs> this is already going well. Uh, so, okay, so I'm sandwiched between Kim and Justin, who are both so excited to see this movie. Yeah. <laughs> And then the magic begins. And I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but it's not all male strippers doing their thing. There's, like, a kind of sad story, too. Well, sad kind of makes you angry. Sad story? Well, about... Okay. Basically, Chan Tatum takes a younger kid under his wing who's 19 and doesn't really know what he's doing with his life. And as 19-year-olds tend to do when they have no direction and a shoddy mentor, you know, he kind of goes off the rails. And he does things that are detrimental to himself, to his family. We've seen this story so many times. I know. Like, you know what I'm talking about. You haven't even seen this movie, dear listener, and you know what I'm talking about. It's like a sports movie. What kind of sports movie? The, the sports movie where you have, like, the old, like, veteran who brings in the young guy and, like, teaches him the ropes and le- the veteran learns about himself, blah, 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 blah. True. Yeah. But there's, I, I felt like there was a certain level of sadness watching this 19-year-old screw everything up. I'm like, oh, you're making me sad because you're overcompensating. Womp, womp. But there's an even older figure who, it's like, you know, the the grand patriarch, the patriarch, and then the kid. And the patriarch in this scenario is Chan Tatum, but above him is Matthew McConaughey. Hey, hey, hey. Okay, well, let's get to the point of this whole thing. Uh, Matthew McConaughey was the best part of this movie. That's the point. That's it? Yeah. What, what, I mean, about the movie as a whole, what did you, did you like the movie as a whole? What? I liked it. I didn't love it. You didn't um, love it? No. Okay. I 
actually appreciated some of the dance numbers, either for being incredibly cheesy and I was outright laughing, mm-hmm. or for their chore- choreography. Like, there was somewhere I was like, that's not that bad. That's pretty exciting. Whoa, he just did a backflip off of a table. Excuse me? Or a stage, whatever it was. I what? think I was getting confused with Billy Elliot. What, whatever. You need to give <laughs> Channing Tatum props. He's a good dancer. He's a really good he dancer. He is. He's a great dancer. I'm not making He actually did his dancing. So, unlike some other movies where, you know, they used doubles. Double. Hey, I didn't, for one second, try to take away the dancing of the Tatum. Mm-hmm. Like, great. Fantastic. I'm thrilled that you can dance. Okay. Now, let's work on acting beyond two expressions. What? He now means- you're going back to... The the Channing Pendulum has swung back to hate. <laughs> All right. This is unnecessary. I don't hate him. I think he was really good in this movie. <laughs> what made him so good? He's, he's, uh, the... I don't know. He's like the new kind of man's man. He's not like... <laughs> He's a metrosexual guy who guys would be would be cool hanging out with and sharing stories with while in they, your bunk bed. In your bunk bed. <laughs> Girls love him. Guys like want to hang out with him and stuff. Girls love teach him. Guys want to be him. Teach me some dance moves. What movie is that from? I kind of feel like the the kid in this movie when they jump off that bridge and he's like, "We should be best friends." Oh yeah. <laughs> That happens early on. He's like, we should be best friends. And Shannon's kind of like, okay. But he's really good. Not only is he a good dancer, he just comes off as really, um, you know, affable and... I agree. Got lots of personality. And when you compare his acting skills to the guy that plays the kid, Alex Pettifer, or whatever his name is, it's like nine day. Like, the, the Alex kid is just like... He doesn't even register almost. He's like a meek mouse compared to Channing Tatum, who's full of charisma and, you know. I think I figured it out. You did? Yeah. You love him now. No, 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 listen. I (laughs) like Channing Tatum when he's being affable and when he is playing the happiest part of himself. (laughs) (laughs) That sounded horrible. I only like you when you're happy, Channing Tatum. (laughs) No. Not when you're sad or mad. No, because sad, mad, and confused all register as the same look on his face. And and he's kind of got this Mark Wahlberg-like delivery, like early Mark Wahlberg, when he's not happy about something. Like, what did you think was going to happen? I defer from your opinion. Differ? Differ. Okay. I've, only, I've had like a bottle of wine. I know you have. I, was, I didn't want to like... Put you I gotta here. stand up for cheating. <laughs> oh my god. The truth comes out after a bottle of wine, kids. <laughs> no, but I agree. I like Matthew McConaughey a lot in this movie. Um, hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. Will you please do your Matthew McConaughey impression? Because it is my favorite thing ever, and I think you're so good at it. No. Please. <laughs> Although I thought it was funny how many times he laughed every time he was like, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> well, somebody told you me. You and me, Channing. <laughs> Somebody told me going into this, they're like, you know how everybody makes fun of Matthew McConaughey doing all right, all right? And I was like, yeah, my husband's really good at imitating him do that. And they're like, well, guess what? 
he does that off stage several times throughout the movie. And I really thought it would be like almost in the background where you couldn't even hear it. Like, all right, all right. And I'd <laughs> giggle to myself. He does it so many times. <laughs> That's like got to be half of his script. When Matthew got his script, half of it had to be all right, all right. But well, it's like he wasn't even acting in this movie. Yeah. Like, this is the role that Matthew McConaughey was born to play. <laughs> he doesn't have to wear a shirt. He's, he bangs on some bongos during one scene. Yeah. He even has his, you know, final dance scene, which is really climactic. And, he's know. still sexy. Like, I know he's older now, but he's still sexy. Sure. He's a sexy guy. Though... I will say, when you see him next to Channing Tatum, you can't help but think, oh my god, when did Matthew get old? And when, by association, did I get old? Mm-hmm. Did you feel that at all? Like, because Channing is so young and, like, vivacious and Channing Tatum, that and that, you know, next to him is Matthew, and he just looks so old by comparison. Great. Good-looking guy. Old. Yeah. Did you feel that? It's true. The calendar... Calendar pages are just flying off on him. Pretty much. Well, what the hell is going on? <laughs> and then we're getting older. I'm not a fan of this. Um, what else? Um, yeah. So those two guys are the best thing about the movie. Um, it's that looks pretty fair. You suck. I just didn't like him. Like he, he just seems. See, so, and I he just didn't doesn't register at all. As much as you did. Really? As he did you, I should say. I didn't say he bothered me. He just didn't register at all in either way. He's just like the. Like, 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 I didn't care about... I was like, whatever, Chain Tatum, just leave him on the street. Let him die of drug overdose or Let whatever. Let him figure it out. But playing devil's advocate, is that not a sign that he acted the part well because you were so pissed off with his character that you were like, forget that guy. Let Channing just walk away. No, no. I would have rather have liked him in the first place. And then when he started his down... Down in, spiral. Down spiral, I'd be like, oh, no, no. no. But I didn't care. I was like, whatever. And... Mm. It was it was perfect because registering in the same whatever um, was this, the the girl that played his sister. Where I was like, every time she was on the screen, I was like, Underbite. What? What? Underbite. It's like Channing Tatum. You could do so much better than this chick. I'm so glad that you thought that because I thought that too, and I thought that that I was being shallow and mean. No, she was like stone jawed for the whole thing. Yeah, and she had no. I, I was just like, why would you even care? Listen, Mike. If you don't take care of my brother. And you're dead to me. <laughs> you know, she's, uh, the actress that played her is the daughter of, um, I guess like the president of Warner Brothers. Oh, well, <laughs> suddenly everything makes sense. But yeah, I, she's like, supposed to be the voice of reason throughout the movie, and it's pretty bad where I'm like, whatever, Tammy Tatum, don't listen to her, she, she sucks. She's like a soft place to fall, or at least her character is supposed to be that. But mainly, she just kind of comes up, comes across as boring. That and borderline surly, with an underbite. Whatever. She was jealous. She was like, "You've got to do something better with your life." I'm like, "What are you doing with your life than being boring?" Than <laughs> being boring? <laughs> yes. Well, I think she was like a nurse, or no, she was a medical assistant. Oh, that's boring. <laughs> Justin. Your mother is a nurse. It's not boring. She's not a medical assistant, though. Nurse is cooler than a medical assistant. Well, I agree that it's cooler, but still. Like, I don't even like Olivia Munn that much, but she registered a lot more than, uh, you know, boring underbite You used to love the Munn. Huh? You used to love the Munn. I never used to love her. I liked her. But you know what I loved about her in this movie? 
Boobs. Boobs. <laughs> like in the first five minutes. <laughs> right away I know. I was like, Justin's like if, if there's any guy that asks me, like, dude, should I go see Magic Mike? I'm like, you want to see some mun boobs? Mun boobs. In the first five minutes? Then there. yes, you should. There you go. But wh- okay, so what ended your love affair with, or like affair with, Olivia Munn? Um, she just fell off the earth. Like, I, I couldn't watch her on... She she left Attack of the Show, and mm-hmm. I couldn't watch it anymore, and then I heard stories about her, and I'm like... Oh, you did? Yeah, I heard stories about her. You know, I've met her. So have I. You, you did? Yeah. Did you have, like, a conversation with her? No, I met her, and I'm like, hi, how you doing? Blah, blah, blah. I'm Justin, I'm Olivia, blah, blah. that's it. Oh. Yeah. I had a conversation with her. Oh, good for you. Did she show her boobs in the first five minutes? No, but she struck me as... Calculated? Yes. Yes. And and yet, wanting to seem very down-to-earth, so like, yeah, let's talk about this, and let's talk about that, and I'll talk about anything, and then in the same breath, she would say something that was so, like, outside of the realm of normal for regular people, where you're like, okay. Want to see my tits? <laughs> yeah, that's a, totally what she said to me. Let's have a threesome. I can't remember what we talked about now. It was something about food. But that's how she is in that movie, I would like to say. Not that she ever said anything like that to me. Wow. But yeah, she's like a party girl slash bisexual chick in this movie. Yeah. But not like party girl, like, woo! More like, how do I put this? Hey, I am a party girl. No, really, I am. Would you like to stup me? Like, very matter-of-fact about her party girl ways. No, she's like, look at that chick over there. We should bang her together. (laughs) (laughs) But she's not even, like, that surreptitious about it where she would whisper together. She'd be like, do you want to share? Let's go. Like, that up front about it. The biggest question about this movie is, um, did it make you want to go back to a similar club like this and see some, um... You know, man flesh. Some dongage. Um, well, honestly, I'm still scarred from my bachelorette party wherein I got pulled into the back and molested by a group of men. So, no, I'm just saying, like, that stays with you. (laughs) And that's your only time you've ever been to a a place like that, right? Uh, second time. The first time was when Kim and I were... We had just turned, I think, 21, and Kim was desperate to go. Like, she'll tell you. She's like, I wanted to go so badly. So it was she and I and other small group of girls, and that time I was really young, and one of the strippers did invite me, like, to go out and, like, hang out with him afterward, and I was like, mm, thanks, no thanks. Yeah, it was like that. Like, he just kind of kept coming and giving me lap dances, and I wasn't paying him. I was like, why is he here? Awesome. <laughs> Let me tell you, that never happens. <laughs> I still remember his name was Dallas. Oh, of course it was. Yeah. Well, the two times that you've been, was it a similar experience to um, in the movie? Were, were the dancing skills uh, similar? The first one, yes. Was there was there a Channing Tatum-esque guy involved? The, the first the first time I went, yes, actually, I feel like they even had a similar sort of raincoaty number. <laughs> Where you saw that and you're like, this is hilarious. It's not that far off, you guys. And the second time I went, like I said, I think I was just so overwhelmed by my molestation that I stopped paying attention at a certain point. Are there lots of wardrobe changes involved? Like in the- there are. There are. Well, everyone gets like solos. Because that doesn't happen at the, 
Oh, girls, just come out again. Bikinis and, like, you know, have they have a pole. There's no pole in these sort of things. It's very much like what you saw. Like, there's a host, Mm -hmm. and, you know, he's usually, like, the older guy, good-looking, and, you know, kind of revs all the ladies up. All right, all right, all right. Kind of, yeah. And then they have, um, like, a couple of group numbers that, and um, they had one when I went that was the I'll Make Love to You number, like, boys to men. And the girl, which happened to be me because it was my bachelorette, sat in the chair on stage, just like they have women come up. And they do the whole, I'll make love to you dance. Like, all five of them dancing around. They're all oily. And then at the end, they have towels. And they they all face you if you're in the chair. And the audience can't see what they're doing. And they open their towels to make it look like they're flashing the girl in the chair. And they all have, like, banana dongs on. Banana hammocks? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. And then they take you backstage and rape you. <laughs> that was in the movie, right? It was molest earlier. Now it's rape. Close. <laughs> Come on, get your story straight. <laughs> it would have been rape had I not said, I have to leave now. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so best dancer award in this movie goes to Channing, Channing Tatum. Of course. By far. Yeah. Um, worst dancer, I don't know if you've noticed, but I laughed a couple times. Alex? Huh? Alex Pettifer? No, no, no. He just walked on stage and took off his pants. I think that's pretty shitty dancing. Well, no, that that was that was his character. I'm talking about somebody that was supposed to be a good dancer but wasn't. Who? The guy that played Tarzan, Kevin Ash. What the hell was he doing? <laughs> why was he even in this? Kim kept leaning over to me and she was like, why? And then went, I don't know. Oh, I kind of want, next time I see it, I just want to watch him, his scenes the whole time. Because in the background, you just see him like... Just not doing much. He's, he's probably there. He's probably about as good as dancers as I would be. Being, he's probably about my height, but twice my size. It, you know what he felt like to me? He felt like an old, out of work porn star. Like maybe he he has a big dong and he was really good at stripping the ladies at one point, but then he got too old to do it anymore, and so this is his next step down. And the strip club took him because they were like, "Wow, you used to be like this famous porn star." He's a wrestler in real life, so right. I'm talking about the character though. So, you know, we'll put you in our club because you have name brand value. But even though he can't dance for shit. So much for not saying shit, by the way. That was like the third time. Shit, shit, shit. Shit. <laughs> I tried. I failed. Wow. Wow. So you mentioned, next time I see this. So you already have plans. <laughs> oh my God. I want to get the Blu-ray. <laughs> the 3D. Yeah. So I can... Why did they do this in 3D? They do everything else in 3D. I know. What the hell, guys? The hell? Failed opportunity there. <laughs> no, I want to get the Blu-ray so I can, um, like, watch some of my favorite scenes and get some of the moves, some of the dance moves, so I can... Oh, my gosh. Like, the, the ep- my favorite scene in this movie. Wait for it. Yeah. The pony scene. I'm like, yes. I'm like, if I was a male exotic dancer, I would definitely dance to Pony by Genuine. Oh, for a minute, I thought you meant the Western, like, little vignette where they come on with the toy ponies. And I was like, that was your favorite scene? Toy ponies? Yeah, like little sticks with the horse heads on them, stuffed animals. I don't remember that. I just remember. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's how that song goes. (laughs) That's how it goes. I love that song. I love it, too. It's a great strip club song, apparently. <laughs> um, you know, speaking of showing people... <laughs> <laughs> 
Speaking of showing people their dance moves, mm-hmm. my favorite part of the movie came after the movie when we were in the parking lot. Whoa. <laughs> what happened in the parking lot? Well, I'll refresh your memory. We go around to the side where Kim and I are parked, and Justin decides to give Kim his best magic mic moves. Oh, yeah. And it basically, he's like trying to do like a body roll. I wasn't trying. I was doing it. <laughs> That's true. I was going to say. But he was doing it so emphatically that it almost came out like he was doing the worm, but standing up. And on her side. Like, she's just standing there, and he's, like, basically worming up her, her arm and her hip. And he and he's laughing, and she is, like, half laughing, half like, what are you doing? And then at that exact moment, a family of, like, five rounds the corner and is face-to-face with my husband, fake grinding up on my best friend. And, like, the little boy looks at them, like, with eyes the size of saucers. No, he was like... What is that move? I gotta learn it. <laughs> yeah, well, he was probably like, oh my god, that's how he gets Was he the kid that was in the movie? He might have been. There was a kid in the movie. <laughs> and we were like, what? You know, that kid was like, Olivia Mon Boobage. All right, that all right, kid was all right. Like, I have a future, and it is in this club. Look how much money they make. I know. I actually thought that as well. I was like, I, I should have been waiting tables. <laughs> When I was that age, I should have been, uh, you know... Stripping? Stripping. I turned to you at one point and I said, you missed your calling. Stripping. I would have to go to the gym like four times as much when I was that age, but hey, if it gets that amount of money, I guess. Yeah, no, that's true. Damn it. I know. Damn it. Right. I don't think we had any of those clubs. Uh, but that was during the birth of like social media and the internet and stuff like that, so what if you, people are taking pictures of you and then like now they'd be all up on the internet if people Googled your name? Oh my God. Yeah, that wouldn't be I could have worked at, like, Harper's Two Car Wash, but for... <laughs> but dudes, like, dudes coming... Back to the Harper's Car Wash. D- dudes come up and grind to get your car. Well, theoretically... Pony, pony plays in the background. The girls are washing, quote-unquote, the car with their boobies. What would you... What part of the car could you possibly wash? What part of the... All parts of the car. <laughs> with my banana hammock. <laughs> you could, like, have some, uh, like... Foamage on the banana into the banana hammock, and I'd be like, By the way, there's a subtle penis pupping scene in this movie, like early on, and you and you see it like totally in the foreground and blurred. Where if you're not paying attention, with Joe Maginello from True Blood, and then if you but if you like look close enough, you're like, Oh my god, that guy is penis pumping like in my face. Yeah, but I don't think it was a real penis. How do you know? Because I investigate. Did you look it up? No, I don't know. Oh. I thought you were serious. But I think I, I think a lot of guys are, are scared to see this movie because they're like, I don't want to see any penis. No penis in this movie at all. You don't see any Mine's penis. Mine's that scene that I just referenced. But you can't see, you, you, you can't even tell that it's a penis. It's like, yeah, it's assumed. You, it takes you a while to register even what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> It didn't take me that long to register what was going on. You were like, yes. No, it was this like, awesome. they were talking and I was like, wait a minute, guys, there's a penis in front of them. Like, is anybody else seeing this? I felt like I was alone on an island. Like you in now. <laughs> I'm on Penis Pub Island all by myself. I was. Nobody seemed to notice but me. And I'm like, seriously, this is happening, guys. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> 
Here's a question. What? Why did they call him Magic Mike? Why? Yeah, what was Matt? He didn't do like a magic shtick. Well, he had magic dancing skills. So why didn't they just call him Dancy Mike? He made the chick's skirts just fly off. Well, then... That's magic. Why can't he... They just call him Panty Dropper Mike, like... Because that doesn't just... It's, the, the, the alliteration's <laughs> not there, number one. It just doesn't flow off the tongue. Um, doesn't? No. Because I really honestly expected... Because I take things literally sometimes. And I was expecting, why doesn't he, like, do some magic? Is there going to be a magic dance at one point? Or, like, I think the magic... The magic was that he had, like, four jobs and he never slept. That was the magic. That's pretty magical. He was a dancer. He was a roofer. He had a car detailing business. Oh, yeah. Um, Why did his credit suck so much then? He's got all these businesses. Because he was only paid in cash. Oh. But still, even when you only pay in cash, your credit isn't, like, sucky. It's just you don't have much credit. Well, I did. Uh, when I was around that age, or I guess I wasn't the age of him, but when I was younger, I had bad credit because I had no credit. Really? What was your score? Huh? What was your score? You remember when I started dating you? I I remember my, telling you you need to get a credit card, and you were like, "No, credit cards are the death of America." And I was like, "I understand, but you need one to build some credit." I just think it's stupid. I, well, if you live your life on a credit card, yes, that is stupid. No, for someone, so someone that has like seven credit cards and ton, doesn't pay them off, has tons of money on them, and me has zero to one credit card and pays it every, you know, pays it off every month or whatever, the, the guy that has, the other guy has better credit score than I do? Well, because you have to think about it from the lender's point of view. You're not valuable, unfortunately, to them as a customer. Because well, then screw you, because I'm Magic Mike. <laughs> You're like, I want to have this conversation. Wait, wait, what, what would be my... What would be, name? What would be my... Not poor name. Poor wait. name. <laughs> <laughs> what would be my exotic dancer name? I don't know what happened. I was just thinking of, like, you Junk doing the worm Justin. in the audience, or in the audience in the parking lot, and I'm like, the worm! Because <laughs> <laughs> ladies really want... Hey, the worm! Come and dance on me! <laughs> I want your worm! <laughs> uh, I'd be like Tarzan in the background. <laughs> just worming it up. <laughs> They give me like <laughs> pity bills. <laughs> Thanks for that dollar. Worms are hermaphrodites, don't you know? Oh. <laughs> Ooh. Nice. Okay, so clearly my name for you sucks. So what would you call yourself? I don't know. <laughs> That's what I was asking you. Justin Wines a lot. Justin Wines <laughs> You're terrible. <laughs> You're terrible at giving exciting answer I'm names. Sorry. Um, but yeah, Magic Mike, uh, pretty pretty great movie. Chocolate dildo. Chocolate dildo. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> now I'm just got off the deep end. That's my idea. Don't take it. Don't take it and run with it. Chocolate dildo? Yeah, chocolate dildos. Nobody knows what we're talking about. Well, we're, we're, we're trying to come up with ideas that we could put on uh, Shark Tank. And 
Chuck the dildo came up because hey, women love dildos. What do, what do women love? Also, <laughs> chocolate. So they get off, and then they're like, mm, "Chocolate." <laughs> and that and that insists that you have to then buy another one. See, money on top of money, <laughs> stacks, stacks. And I was thinking it should just be the kind that like to show you its gratification shoots out chocolate at the end. And then I was like, "You must be using dildos wrong." <laughs> You did say that, and I was like, you're right. Here, let me dildo my mouth. Oh, blah, 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 blah. oh, there's a chocolate part. Oh, this is definitely getting rated R. That's happening. Oh, but Magic Mike. That was, In the world. That was pretty great. A lot better than it really needs to be. You really thought so? Because it fell below Kim's and my expectations. We both liked it, but it fell below our expectations. Whatever. You guys are like marshmallows afterwards. She was. I don't care. Whatever. You were like jumping out of your seat and clapping. No, I wasn't. Yes, you were. What are you talking about? Yeah, you were. When? You're like, Magic Mike. Magic Mike. When did that happen? Did I just, like, fall asleep? You, you, like, threw your panties. Like, it, it was crazy. Well, that did happen. But I didn't need to stand <laughs> up to do that. That was, you know, just skills. <laughs> Even Brooklyn was like, all right, all right, all right. Brooklyn was kind of on board. I kept, like, putting my hand on my belly, like, don't even think about it. You've got a long road ahead, Missy. <laughs> Dude, by the time she's of age to enjoy clubs like that... They're going to be like robot exotic magic mics. <laughs> Maybe we'll finally have those hoverboards from Back to the Future that we were promised. Hoverboard magic mic. <laughs> he just sails in the audience. The worm on a hoverboard. <laughs> hey, ladies. <laughs> hey, what kid could be, if the guy could be called the kid, you could be called the worm. I don't know. It might work. I'm going to look it up after this. I would definitely work in a city that was not Tampa, Florida. I would know that. <laughs> if you could pick any city in the world to work in, like, as an exotic dancer, what would you pick and why? Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. Bachelor, so Bachelor Party Central. There's so much competition in Vegas, though. <sighs> but look at me. You're the worm. I'm the worm. <laughs> I've got a hoverboard, apparently. <laughs> That's where I would I would put my exotic dancer car wash there. I would pick whatever is like the number one um, party town, like Vegas. And no, I'm sorry, I got distracted by my child trying to come at my side. Um, I meant for she's like she's excited about her dad's plans. No, no, she's not for making college money for her. I, I meant uh, that's what I was gonna say. College, whatever was like the number one college party town. That's like every college. Every class is like, we're the number one party town. No, but everyone, like, really is. And then I'd set up shop there. I don't know what that'd be. Okay, well, you know. Anyway. Is there anything that you hated about Magic Mike? Got long. Long? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no pun intended. Kind of like true, true Blood Werewolf guy. Oh, I like him in general. The scene where he... Right, yes, where we discussed... Um, no, it just, like, it It felt like it, towards the end, it started to drag a little bit, especially after the kid finally goes off the deep end, and the sister doesn't want to have anything to do with Mike anymore, and his apartment's been overturned, and, like, for, for, I feel like that turn, was a kind of a turning point for, story-wise, from there on out, where it was like, 
<sighs> Do you want you know my least favorite scene was? Hmm. Or the most incredulous scene? What? Um, where Magic Mike and the kid um, to make some side money, they go and dance at Sorority House. <laughs> and for some reason, in the Sorority House, there's a room of dudes just hanging out. <laughs> they're like 18, and they're just hanging out on the side like, we're here. I'm like, so who invited the dude, the, the room full of dudes to the... Stripper sorority party? Yeah. Yeah. And then they get really pissed. They're like, get over girls after a while, and they cause a fight. Like, whatever, Magic Mike. Suck him with your penis. Yeah, Magic Mike. What, what is you, that all about? Are you, you're stripping right now. What's going on? <laughs> My belly is hot, and I'm hot, so... <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Here, let me... Meow. <laughs> Justin's warming it <laughs> up on my left. <laughs> oh, oh. Give me your best move. <laughs> nope, don't hide your face. The worm. He has a shirt over his face. <laughs> I gotta... That's, that's how you take off his shirt, you <laughs> dummy. <laughs> I don't think you leave it there. That's not a part of it. I was, I was doing my worm moves. <laughs> the shirt over your head. <sighs> so wait. What I'll would, give you lessons. What would be your <laughs> final grade for Magic Mike? Uh, B minus. I give it a B plus. Take that, women of America. I think they will. I liked it more than you did. I'm not surprised. <laughs> you're, wait, you're not surprised? I'm not. What does that mean? Because I know you. What does that mean? It means I know you. Okay. I know about your predilection for Channing Tatum and wanting to share a bunk with him. Not a bunk. A bunk bed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. You're right. There's a difference. Dude, and I said this during our last Channing Tatum movie. We're all going to meet on the street someday. I'm going to be like, guess what, Channing? And I'm going to have to be like, I don't hate you. Just to show up. And I'll be like, you need to go to the So I Married a Movie Geek podcast <laughs> and listen to the episode with The Vow and then 21 Jump Street and then Magic Mike when she turned back on you. No, and I will tell him, it's not that. I just like you when you're happy. No, I'll be like, she said that you only have, that you're like worse than Mark Wahlberg. You only have two. No, he has like three faces when he's upset or angry or sad. Well, those are three faces. <laughs> there you go. So, are, are you on the side that he could be a great actor one day and he will win us a Golden Globe or an Oscar? Um, probably not an Oscar, possibly a Golden Globe. All right. I mean, I'd give him a Golden Globe for his dancing skills alone for this movie. Hey, there you go. Especially that pony scene. <laughs> what? I love you. It is hot here. Damn it. Yeah, and you're like, why are you stripping? And all I did was pull up my shirt a little bit. Well, I've drank like a bottle of wine, so... You have drank a bottle of wine, it's true. So... We have other movies to discuss, you know. This is what's left of it right here. I know, I I see. So... It's like half a Are you angry that I made you watch two other dancing movies? What's wrong? I'm not... Why? No. Did you want to watch two predominantly stripper movies or something? No. I could have settled for center stage again. Although both of the, both of the other two movies have strippers in them. Wait a minute. Yeah. Um. Oh yeah, you're right. They do. Bingo. I didn't want to make you watch like a bad, bad stripper movie, like striptease or something so like instead, that. Instead, let's just watch bad dance movies. You've seen Showgirls. I have seen Showgirls. That's a great movie. So I couldn't make you watch that one. I, I was. I said I would have been happy to watch Center Stage again. No. 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 Okay. No. 
so Justin then made me watch Flashdance and Saturday Night Fever. Yes. I was actually on board with those choices because they're kind of, you know, iconic in pop culture. Everybody's like, everybody has seen, if not both of them, at least, like, Flashdance. I could probably name some friends who haven't seen Saturday Night Or they've heard, they've heard about them. Oh, of course. Well, I had heard about them, too. I just they're not Feed the them. Fish. One day, we're going to have a podcast where Justin doesn't bring up the fact that one day I made him watch Feed the Fish. We've referenced that so many times. Our views must be through the roof, by the way, of Feed the Fish. Okay, so... Flashdance. What a thing. 1983 was a pop culture phenomenon. Um, Saturday, I'm Saturday Night Live. Saturday Night Fever <laughs> was 77. Seven. That's what you told me. Also, pop culture phenomenon... Uh, of, of that year in mm-hmm. late 70s. Which one of those two did you like the best? Uh, two-thirds of the way through Saturday Night Fever, and we had already watched Flashdance, I thought, this is definitely the better of the two movies. And then the movie went to shit in the last third. And I was like, well, now, now I don't know. Now I don't know which one I enjoy or hate more. They're kind of on par. Wow. So you didn't really answer my question at all. I totally just did. It was like a word problem answer. Okay, so you didn't like either of them the best. Right. Okay. Well, which one do you want to talk about first? Well, let's go in order of what we saw. So, Flashdance. Flashdance. It started, and right away I was like, oh, the Jennifer Lopez music video makes so much more sense. Okay. And I knew, I mean, you know that the, there's the whole thing of where she dances and the water comes down on her. Like, everybody, if you haven't seen the movie, you know what I'm referring to when I say that. When Jennifer Beals dances and a whole bucket of water gets poured down on her on stage. That's hot. That was hot. I Actually, think. I'd like that to happen to me now. <laughs> I'm thinking about it. You're like, oh, uh, yes, bucket of water from the ceiling. Where's the water? You should have rigged that. Where's the water? Uh, she is a great dancer. Who? Jennifer Beals, or the double who did her dance work. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, I can't remember the character name, that's why I said that. Alex. Thank you, Alex. Alex mm-hmm. is a great dancer. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, right away, at least when you're me and you do have some dance background, like, I, I'm more interested in and I appreciate the movie and the character more because I'm like, oh, she can actually dance. Now I can, I'm a little more invested in what happens to her. The reason I'm telling you this is because when we get to Saturday Night Fever, it's going to be a whole different thing. Okay. So, um, I'm, I'm sad and frustrated that I cared from the beginning, and then, like, her personality was just like, meh, and the people she came in contact to were all, contact with were all kind of meh, where halfway through the movie, I kind of didn't care anymore. I was like, all right, whatever, she's a good dancer, that's all I got. She's combative. She, you know, with her words, and I just don't, I don't know, I didn't love her. With her words. I didn't root for her. That's what it is. I didn't root for her. She was a great dancer, but I didn't root for her. When she finally got what she'd been pining for the whole movie, which which is an audition with, um, I think it was, um, it wasn't ABT, but it was a, a dance repertory in New York. Big one. Pittsburgh. Thank you. She, close enough. <laughs> Like, she walked in in wearing her, like, you know, jazz shoes and and street dance outfit, and... She had, I thought she had, like, 
fluffy things on her feet. You're thinking of when she was dancing by herself with the tape on her toes and the bear and the um, leg warmers, like the, those are old fashioned bear paws. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, when she went in, she was wearing like jazz shoes with laces. And I went, here's the thing. I get it. Your style is different and you have no formal training, but you're asking to join a dance repertory of ballerinas. Like, you're really not going to do the thing that you're supposed to do? She's a rebel. Yeah, okay. She likes to just run in place. That's her dancing style. That, yeah, that was her big thing, was running in place and being very sweaty about it. So I just didn't, I don't know, like, despite her talent, I didn't root for her, which made the movie less interesting to me. And her, her boyfriend was, like, a perfectly nice guy, and she had no patience with him whatsoever, and was like, you're cheating on me, and I'm going to throw a brick through your window, and he's he like, Get a Porsche, uh, that's all you need. <laughs> and and, and nice hair. He did have nice hair. But he wasn't, I mean, he wasn't all, like, sunshine and happiness either. Like, he had his moments where he was just kind of meh, too. <laughs> okay. I mean, you act like I'm way off base with this. Like, in the club she worked at, too, and her friends were all... It wasn't even a club, it was a bar. <laughs> Same thing. This is the coolest bar, apparently, of all time. Apparently. Is, what was it called? Mobby's? Mobby's Bar and Grill and yeah. Slightly Exotic Dancer Club. <laughs> yeah, right? Because they didn't strip anything. It was just like a dance recital with clothes. <laughs> or with, like, less clothes. And that Cook was also wanting to be a warm-up comedian. Yeah. I just didn't care. Dude, you just have to dig deep to find the thematic content in this movie. Oh, then please educate me on the thematic content of Flashdance, because I'm, I'm very excited to hear. It's, it's all about people just reaching for the stars and only reaching the clouds, pretty much. I mean, you had Alex, who um, wanted to be a famous ballet dancer, but she had to resort to... Working at Mobby's Bar and Grill and Slightly Exotic <laughs> Dancing Club. Slightly Number one, she was 18. Like, like, 18, I just got out of high school. But no, she was working at this bar and grill and Slightly Exotic Dancing Club. <laughs> she was a welder. Which was also weird. And then... Um, to show her edgy side. <laughs> and then she also had this ginormous um, warehouse apartment. Um, yeah. But... I don't know. She apparently never slept either, like Magic Mike. They had a lot in common, Magic Mike and her. <laughs> had a lot of jobs. Didn't sleep. Um, she didn't even own a car. She she biked around Pittsburgh, apparently. She did. And I appreciate an independent woman, and especially one that has ambition and you know goals and stuff like that. I guess I just found her personality to be slightly abrasive. She um, she had a interesting wardrobe. Um, <laughs> all of her shirts. Uh, Slung to, to the side, so she exposed one shoulder, one shoulder, one shoulder only. Never two. It's not a free show. I was like, <laughs> someday. I was like, is she gonna show another shoulder? And she loved to sit in this one position with her knees open and like whatever she was wearing, a skirt, pants, whatever. She like hiked it up and then like put her arms down in the center like a frog. My favorite uh, fashion decision in the movie of hers was she would. She was at the that really nice restaurant with her new boyfriend, mm-hmm. and his ex-wife comes up. It's like, hey, how you doing? Who's this chick? And Jennifer Bills is like, oh, wait a minute. I've got this big collar shirt on. Tears it off. She's got, like, this tuxedo shirt that just covers yeah. her, her boobs. Yeah, basically. It was, like, a, a tuxedo stripper outfit. Nobody, like, batted an eye. Nobody blinked. I'm like, what? Yeah, I noticed that, too. And I was like, what the hell is going on? 
I was what like, happened? I was expecting her to do it like some kind of dance routine right in the middle of the nice restaurant. Right. But it didn't happen. No, it did not happen. This is true. Womp womp. So anyway, womp so womp. she's reaching for the stars throughout the whole movie. Is she going to reach them? I don't know. She, you know. We don't even know at the end. She's got her, her uh, I call her Nana, but I think her na- actual name was Hannah, the old woman that she would go see all the time. And the, oh, yeah. she'd be like, you're going to reach those stars, honey. I did when I was, you know, your A dancer, age. and you just got an audition. Now I'm 170, and I, you know, I just mentor young chicks like you. Um, and so... <laughs> She was my favorite character in the movie. So, and then we had the cook who um, worked Wasn't at... funny at all. Worked at uh, Moby's Bar and Grill and Slightly Exotic Dancing Club. <laughs> um, he was the cook, but he also wanted to be a comedian, but he was terrible. Like the yeah, worst comedian really ever. Really bad. And, and he he's like, Pollocks, apparently. Yeah, he hated Pollocks. And he's like, I'm going to move to L.A. And make jokes about Pollocks there. And he, they also hate Pollocks. He eventually moved to L.A. for like five seconds and then moved back. <laughs> so he, re- he thought he was going to reach the stars... Came back to Earth, came back to Pittsburgh. So he had his whole thing going on. And then we had her friend who was, um, she, she was a, a waitress at the... Malby's. Malby's Bar and Grill Slightly Exotic Dancing <laughs> Club. <laughs> but she wanted to be an ice skater. Oh, that was sad. That was her stars that she wanted to reach. And, and then... And she got into this big ice competition, <laughs> and you were like, oh, I'm going to root for her, because she actually... I actually rooted for her, I think, more than Jennifer Beale sometimes. Well, she showed some some tinges of... Heart. Heart. Well, she was actually a good... You thought she was a good ice skater, and then she... I did. She fell down, she like, fell, four times. She fell twice. The first time, you can get up and, and keep going, and it's like, ooh, she fell, but, you know, if you give a kick-ass performance for the rest of the time, then you're all right. And then she fell the second time and did not get up and was injured, and that was it. And so then she decided to join not Moby's <laughs> bar and club for really exotic dancing. Oh, it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't exotic at all. Basically, what she did was <laughs> she sat on the stage and topless and did this. What you can't see is Justin opening, doing, opening and closing her legs. He's doing. He looked like he was doing Suzanne Summer's thigh master on his back without the actual thigh master between his thighs. So legs up like that, open shut, open shut. Fuck Suzanne Summers. Ooh, Justin's <laughs> had a bottle of wine and now he is down on Suzanne Summers. Oh, I have reason to be. I know you're always down on her, but now you're vocal about it. Ugh. Person. Okay, so yeah, so it's all through these people, and you're like, oh, are they gonna reach the stars? And then only one of them actually reaches the stars. But and but, she had help. Oh, no, but when she does, you're like, really, really? She reached the stars with that? Yeah. You're like, what were those five people smoking during her and audition? They were so into it, and they were like bopping out and like visibly. Did they not notice that she? She, like, transformed into, like, a guy with a jerry curl and a mustache <laughs> several times during your audition. Yeah. So why is this movie so iconic? Can you explain that to me, Mr. Pop Culture Maven? Uh, mostly because... The sweater. <laughs> because of her, of her fashion decisions. Like, <laughs> girls, like, copied that, apparently. Yeah. Um, the soundtrack was was like the biggest thing. Oh. Everyone loved what a feeling. You know why? I can explain that by the she's way. She's a maniac, maniac while she does this dance. Exactly. It's running in place. Uh, I can explain the whole fashion thing to you. You can explain it. Yes. Okay. You know what it is? What? 
girls, as we know, and it sucks, but it's true, in general, have a lot of insecurities about their body. Like, they do. It's always, you always hear, like, oh, my thighs are so fat, my ass is so big, or my stomach is flabby, or, you know, whatever it is. What? My arms are flabby. No. Right? Yeah, I know. Right? Okay. Shock. So, trends that come and go don't work for all women. You know, when skinny jeans are in, girls who have a big caboose are like, I can't wear skinny jeans because I look like a stovepipe. Or when low-cut tops are in, girls with flat chests are like, I can't, that doesn't work for me because I have no boobs. Do you ever hear anybody complain about their shoulder and clavicle? Ever? My shoulder is so fat, or this bone shows way too much in my clavicle. So, like, that is something that works for everybody. So, she looked like... Sexy cute by doing that, and women everywhere went. I can look sexy cute by doing that because I'm not ashamed of my shoulder, and that's why it was such a hit. Makes sense, it's a universal flattering thing. So, the fashion decisions, the soundtrack, and I don't know. I mean, obviously, most of this movie is kind of like a, a music video, and yeah, MTV had just hit. Like exploded and people were like, "Oh my god, I want my MTV!" Oh my god! And you know the characters were paper thin and they were paper. I think that's what bothered me so much. Oh, I'm just saying that like if a movie is going to be iconic, the characters should be memorable. Mm-hmm. If not iconic themselves, or at least have a standout. Nope, not so much. Which is why afterward I was like, why is this movie so popular? And I couldn't figure it out. But I guess you're right. Just the fashion and the soundtrack alone is enough. And the one dance where the water gets dumped all over her. Oh, that's that so hot. But that's so early on. That's like, all right. Now we have the rest of the movie to wait through. Womp womp. I don't know, man. Mobby's bar grew on a slightly exotic dancing club. There were a couple of dance sequences where I was like... This is really strange. <laughs> like that one where the chick is fighting with a television. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Could you imagine eating your, your burger and fries and just being like, what is going on? No, in answer to your question, I could not. What are you doing? I think something bit me on my back. Oh, no. Yeah, I was just sitting here and then your all of stookle? a sudden. Did it yeah, bite you? My stookle bit me. I was lying on my side listening to you, and then all of a sudden, it literally felt like a bug, like, came up and bit me sharply and hard in my back. I'm like, ha, ah. ha, Maybe it was sent by Channing Tatum. Thanks, Channing, for that present. <laughs> sure, I can't see my back right now, but I'm sure it's red and awesome. Thank you. Screw you. It was really sweet of you, Magic Mike. So, Flash Dance, what do you give it? Um, I would give the soundtrack an A-, minus. the movie, probably like a C-, minus, D+, plus of it. I would give it a straight up C. Yeah? Yeah. Closer to C minus, but yeah. Like, maybe it's like a 74. This is only the second time I've seen it, and I was like, oh, I guess I've seen it enough now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm done. I assume, uh, Mike will probably, like, try to reboot it. But see, this movie kind of catapulted several people into, you know, longer careers. Um, this is like the first... Jerry, big Jerry Bruckheimer production. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, Joe Esterhaus was one of the co-writers in this movie. Coyote Ugly makes so much more sense now. Coyote Ugly, Joe Esterhaus um, wrote Showgirls. That makes sense. Um, 
Jennifer Beals. She went on to um, the L Word and, you know, things. Lesbianic things. Sure, she did. Still, she's very attractive. Um, yeah, it's just like, there you go. Laura. A time capsule of, you know, dance motion. 80s dance motion, pretty much. All right. Speaking of dance motion. Oh, dear. Yes. Serenade fever. I've got a fever. For Saturdays. And the only thing that could cure it is more Tony Monero. Okay, John Travolta, let's have a talk, shall we? Okay. Your collar sizes are out of control. Like, I'm <laughs> sorry, but each collar is like the size of an Elizabethan Shakespeare collar, just folded. Like... Honestly, it's like he took two giant restaurant napkins and, and just propped them up on each side of his face. Well, if we know anything about John Travolta, the actor, he cares about his fashion choices. <laughs> this is true, but for, for that, he, he talked a lot about pussy. Anyway. What? <laughs> he did in the movie, and I was always like, like he knows. So, okay, anyway. Um... Right away in the beginning with, um, when you hear the Bee Gees and you see John walking down the street, I'm like, this is the best part of the movie right here. And it was. <laughs> uh, see, Flashdance is the perfect movie to pair with this because Flashdance wanted to be Saturday Night Fever. <laughs> oh, that's sad. But it wasn't as egregiously, um... Uh, Misogynistic, was... gratuitous... Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So... It's just... Yeah, if right, all of the above. So, Tony works in a uh, paint... Not paint store, but like a little hardware shop, and he r- runs the paint department, basically. Everyone, if, if it, it, I'm sure everyone's seen Saturday Night Fever. You don't have to go over the plot. Oh, okay. <laughs> His family sucks. I'll go over that. I, I'm thinking of, like, so my, guys, my friends haven't seen There's this. this movie called Jurassic Park. <laughs> And you won't believe it, but it's a dinosaur park. <laughs> Have you seen it? It's crazy. Shut up, Justin. I'm thinking of certain friends I have who are close to me, who are like me, who I, I bet have not seen this movie. But they've obviously heard about it. They know I have too. I didn't they, know that he worked as a paint guy. Well, that's not really... That has nothing to <laughs> well, do... Well, that's where he stopped me. And then he had a shitty family. They, they know it involves disco dancing. Right, that's it. So that's all they know. He basically goes to this one disco place every single Friday night with his buddies, and there's going to be a contest coming up, and he has to find a dance partner so he can try to win this itty bitty first place trophy. <laughs> it's not. It's not about the size of the trophy. Apparently it's, not. It's about the motion in the ocean with that's, the trophy. That's what guys with small trophies say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway. But see, the funny thing about this movie is, and I think I've only seen this twice now, maybe three times at the most, is everyone just remembers, like, the dancing of this movie, and not much about all, of, like, the weird... The horrible crap? Horrible. Not horrible, just, just, like, weird, creepy, depressing shit. Horrible, basically. Yeah. It's like, let's get beyond the depressing family life, but by the way, where your parents are disappointed in you for no reason, and, you're so, and your other, like, brother's a priest, and then, like... Talk about the weird and... family shit, the racist shit, the rapes. Okay, but can we get into rape land, shall we? Oh, let's let's take a ride through rape land, please. <laughs> okay. Um... Take it, please. <laughs> 
First of all, these guys have apparently never heard no from a girl. And if they do, it's no means yes. No means yes. And they just, and like one girl in particular who's like enamored with John Travolta's character and like makes it known. Yes. Poor Annette. She like makes it known throughout the movie that like she's totally head over heels for him in like a gaga sort of way. And she hangs out with, with the buddies, I think because she really wants to be closer to him. And there's a scene, a horrible scene, where she's like, can I, like, hang out with one of the guys getting all buddy-buddy, flirty-flirty with him in the back of a car? And they're all in the same car. There's, like, five people. And they're driving. They're not even parked anywhere. That's the end of the movie. What? That's the end of the movie. That's not the end of the movie. Yeah. It's, like, the last few minutes. Well, it doesn't matter. I'm going over it anyway. <laughs> and, like... She and he are, are kind of making out, and then, like, he starts getting a little too hot and heavy, and, she, and she's like, no, I don't want it. No, no, stop. No. No means yes, and he apparently, like, gently rapes her in the back of the car. Gently rapes her. Well, that's what it's, like, implied, because he's like, shh, baby, it's okay. It's okay. And then she's, like, incredulous and hurt, and then, like, he's like, who's next? And, like, climbs up in the front seat, and some other guy goes in the back, and I was like, is this happening? <laughs> and and then afterward, after she's been, like, raped by several men in the car, and they all get out to, like, congratulate themselves, John Travolta is left there, and I'm like, please say something to this poor woman who's crying in the back seat. And what does he say? So, you like that, huh? Now you're a proper cunt. They really throw the the C word around they a lot in this movie. Then I was like, what? <laughs> so let me get this straight. She gets gang raped in the back of a car. And the guy that she was even, the whole reason she was even hanging out with these douchebags. Softly gang raped. <laughs> was like, um, you're a cunt. Excuse me? And then after that, she recovered pretty quickly. Like, she got out of the car and, like, hung out with him again. But I was like, are you kidding me? And then she comes back in the sequel. Oh, Jesus. But Yes, there is a sequel to this movie. I can't even handle that. <laughs> I will tell you this. As unrealistic and as crazy as a lot of the shit they do and say is, you know, like, you mentioned the racism, the rapiness, you know. Yeah. The let's go beat up this rival group for no apparent reason. Spicks. Yeah. Think that, well, you said it, not me. <laughs> It reminded me very much of my dad and the stories I heard <laughs> growing up. Did he, did he softly rape people? Uh, maybe. He's like, I play the drums. He no, but he that this like that group like that mentality of character. This Canadian ruffians. <laughs> he's the only Canadian. Everyone else was just a douchebag. Um, they're, they're all like that. Like, I'm sorry, my dad went to a bar with my mom and announced, I have the best bush in town, and he grabbed my mom. Want to take a romp in my charger, eh? <laughs> charger. Yeah, that happened. No, it was like that. It, but, and I remember when I was a little kid meeting some of his friends, and they were kind of like that. That's just their Maybe this movie was based on him. Oh, no. Maybe but it's Tony Mayer. Can he dance as good as Tony Mayer? No, he cannot. Okay. No, but it was definitely... No, my dad wouldn't, wouldn't have been cool enough to have been Tony. He would have been one of the other, like, side cronies. Nice. But, yeah, it, it made be, me think. I'm like... It would be the, the, the saddest... It exists. The saddest uh, side crony, the 12-year-old kid that no. throughout the movie's like, 
I'm, I'm going to have to get married or get an abortion. I just want to talk to you, Tony. Just wanted to talk to you. He's so sad throughout the movie that you know something's going to happen. No, he would have been the, the stupid ass who like gets his ass beat and then is like, that guy did it. And then afterward, he's like, well, I don't know if that guy did it. That would have been my asshole father. And then he would have said something horribly misogynistic. Look, Lutzko gently raped that girl over there. Whatever, Peter. You, you know, you <laughs> picked the wrong guy, so we drove our car through through their window, and then we drove back out. And the car was just fine. <laughs> In case you guys didn't gather this, there are some unrealistic parts of this movie, and also my dad is a douchebag. <laughs> so, there you go. Um, so, the point of this movie is... It's a pop culture phenomenon <laughs> because, A, it pretty much launched the, the career of John Travolta. I mean, he was in Welcome Back, Cotter, I think, and then he was in this, and then he instantly became... Grace. Huge. Um, Danny Zuko. Danny Zuko. Um, so, it had that going for it. And then it had... Um, Popped Collars. The biggest soundtrack slash album in the world until Thriller came out with... The Bee Gees all over the place. Mm, that's true. Like, I I didn't realize how much... I think they played each Bee Gees song, like, at least a dozen times. Yeah, well, apparently they did the whole, like, album. <laughs> like, that was like, it was like, all songs by the Bee Gees. No, no, but it's not even just, like, the whole album. It's, like, they play each song several times. Like, oh, this song again? <sighs> like, this movie is what Mamma Mia is to ABBA. Like, it just feels like it is... A vehicle for the Bee Gees, basically. I think it was it was a vehicle for the Bee Gees. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. So the one thing we haven't addressed, we've addressed all the sad news. Is it, um, but the one dancing? thing that we have is the dancing. So let's okay. So, um, <laughs> best dancing award obviously goes to John Travolta. Wait a minute. What? Before we go like into the fact that he won. No, 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 no. I'm talking about we're going to get to Worst Dancing Award after this. Of course. Okay. I just want to make sure that that's, we're on the same page. But uh, when you can contrast, compare this to Jennifer Beals and Flashdance, she was she was an okay dancer who had lots of stunt. She had obviously stand-ins for her dancing. I think John DeVolt did all, all his dancing in this. Cool. He's really, really good. I have a lot to say about it. Okay. <laughs> What do you think about his dancing skills? John Travolta clearly can dance. He can count. He can lead. Like, that's not a problem for him to do both at the same time. For a lot of guys, it is. They, like, cannot lead and count. And so they do one or the other. Either they're counting and they're like, eh, then clearly not leading. Or they're overly leading and not counting and they're offbeat. So, yes. J- Justin's doing the, the kind of, like, staying alive finger point. Um... So, yeah, he can dance, actually, and he's got a good sense of rhythm, he's got good hips, he's got good posture. I don't have bad things to say about John Travolta's dancing skills. I do, however, have a whole laundry list of bad things to say about the partner that he chose, because, not because she's not good, but because she's billed as being good. Right from the get-go, he's like, look at her dance, she's great, and they're all like, mesmerized by this chick and then when well not only is she not a good dancer she's just not very attractive she's not very attractive she's got she's weird a... teeth going on yeah she didn't have she's got the strangest Brooklyn New York accent yeah and she's harsh 
And she's He's harsh. Like, what is- and her character is like this weird braggart that's like, oh yeah, so like I'm a typist in this office, and guess what? I just hang out with Elvis Presley the other day. He helped me. He helped me. <laughs> okay, anyway. Like, she doesn't know what she's doing. And so he's like, let's start our rehearsals. And I'm watching her dance, and everything is wrong. Everything is wrong from a technical standpoint. I felt like Len on Dancing with the Stars, where I'm getting very angry and I'm going to give her a three when all is said and done. Like, her shoulders are constantly up, and so her line is totally screwed up. She can't keep a straight arm to save her life. And when it's supposed to be bent, it's like noodle bent. It's not like purposefully bent. When she kicks, it's like she just kicks from the knee and she never does a full-on batma. Her toes are never pointed, ever. She's also, she, she doesn't know how to spot. She couldn't spot turns. He was turning her around and around and she was like, uh, spinning like a little top as opposed to like, and not even, not, not even like a good top, like toe, 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 heel, toe, heel, like to make the turn as opposed to turning and spotting, turning and spotting. Like any dancer who's taken a year of dance would know how to do. Yeah. It just pissed me off because then they're like, she's so great. I'm like, she's not great. She's not even good. She's crappy. This is Dancing with Stars, and she's going to be, like, the first one to go. Yeah. The character Annette was a better dancer than she was. Thank you! Yeah. Everybody was a better dancer than she was. He was picking with his penis, not with his brain. Apparently. With his dance partner. And then he, you know, even though they won, and he thought that they weren't supposed to win, he gave the trophy away. He's like, I'm going to go rape you in the car. (laughs) Pretty much, like, speaking of rape, like, let's go and have some rapiness time in the car. And she's like, no. And then... That's how she talks. <laughs> he helped me. And then she went away, and the next day was like, let's be friends. No, well, that's... End that, of movie. That's where the last 15 minutes are so confusing and depressing and weird, because, like I said, they win the, they, they win the trophy... He's like, this is bullshit. The Puerto Ricans and the and and you know, black people didn't even place. The black people were better than everybody, and they didn't even place like, in the top. He's third. like, here, you deserve this more. I'm gonna go rape my partner in the car. He tries to rape her. She says no. He then goes into his car, and there's the gang rape in his car of Annette. Then they go to the bridge, and the twelve year old kid, you know, he's not really twelve, by the way, but you know, he's just young. Pretty much commits suicide off the bridge, and then Travolta's like, man. My night just got super depressing, so I'm going to go ride on the subway for a couple hours, and then he goes to Annette's apartment and like, let's be friends. Right, he's like, I'm going to stand here in this corner, and I'm not going to move, just so you don't think I'm going to rape you again. The end. And, and she even says, she's like, this is the first time I've let a known rapist into my apartment. <laughs> that was the best line she had in the whole movie. But she said it in her weird, uh, not attractive at all voice. Like an hour earlier, she was crying because she Jeff was like, "Who's that guy to you that you like live with or hang out with?" And she was like, "He's a friend, all right." It was a Kristen Wiig doing a character, and um, he's like, "What do you mean, just a friend?" And, and like, "What does that mean, even?" And she's like, "He helped me, all right. He helped me when I didn't know what I was doing at work, and I could come home and ask him questions." Oh, oh my God! You know what you're you're. You know what you're. You know what you sound like now. No. You sound like Julianne Moore in the <laughs> pharmacy scene in Angolia. You're right. You have no idea I've sucked so many cats. <laughs> and I had to. I had to. And then he's like, "Wait, what? What do you mean? Like, why?" 
he, he's trying to get to the bottom of, like, why this guy needed to help her with her typist job. And she was just like, what was I going to do if I didn't find out? I'd be walking around going, I don't know. I don't know. So I guess that's what you do when somebody helps you with your typist job. They tell you how to say, or what to say and how to act. You suck their cocks. <laughs> oh, this movie's so strange. It's, it's awful. It's actually not good. So besides the last 15, 20 minutes, which you just go off the deep end. Um, what else is really strange about this movie? The whole subplot about his brother, who's like a priest. A priest, and then he's not. And then he announces his priesthood, <laughs> and his family gets really depressed. Yeah. And then he shows up at, like, the, the weird club, and is like, hey guys! And he just disappears from the entire yes, movie. that was it. That was the last mention. I thought he was going to, like, show priest. up at the end and be like, man, your night sucked, Tony, sorry. I thought he was going to be gay. <laughs> I was like... Ooh, maybe they got to edit it out. Oh, maybe. But, Th- that I, makes sense. Because I totally... That's what I th- thought... That's where I thought it was going. Like, he's had an epiphany. He can't be a priest anymore. Well, he could be. But, you know, that's a different story. Um, and, you know, now he's going to be gay and out of the priesthood. And his parents are going to be really upset now. And then, yeah, he was just never seen or heard from again. Imagine the the, the, the talk um, at dinner with his parents the next day that Tony had after that night. <laughs> How proud of oh my God. him they must be. So I, I, I won this trophy, but, you know, it was really bullshit. And so I gave it away. And then I tried to rape my partner, but it didn't happen. So then I went and I, you know, set stone face in the front seat. as my friend's gang raped this other chick. And then my friend committed suicide. So I went and hung out on the subway for two hours. I don't think this movie could come out today. I mean, forget the disco element. Like, let's make it, you know, like street dance, you know, or something more modern to, like, you know, make it work for today. Can you see any, like, anybody not totally just panning this movie for use of the word spick and the N-word and, like, rapiness? Like, on account of that alone, they'd be like, this is a horrible movie and you should not see it. I just don't understand that some, like... Start th- Channing Tatum. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I think this movie's pretty highly regarded. I just don't understand why. Why? That's what I'm saying. But, let me tell you my favorite scene. Okay. You want to guess what it is? It wasn't the scene with Annette in the back of the car? I mean, that's second. That's my second favorite scene. <laughs> my favorite scene is the, the one of the best falling in love scenes in any movie of all time. Is when Tony Monero and Stephanie, whatever, are um, <laughs> they're sitting on that park bench um, looking at the bridge where everyone commits suicide or whatever. And Tony's like, so, like, did you know that they use, like, 30,000 gallons of concrete to make this bridge? <laughs> Do you know that... <laughs> He starts rallying up all these facts. It's like Rain Man about the bridge. <laughs> like he, he thought that at the end of all these facts that she was going to be like, yeah, so let's have sex right here on this carpet. He helped me. Did you know that this guy is buried in the concrete on the bridge? Oh, my God. Like he fell down and then he fell in the concrete and they're like, whatever, we'll just bury him there. Doesn't that make you all hot and moist in your nether regions? Moist. I don't know. I thought that, movie, that, that scene was hilarious. Wow. Wowzers. Oh, that movie. 
Thanks for making me watch it, Justin. Thanks a lot. You're welcome. Appreciate it. So I'm going to go ahead and give this movie uh, somewhere around a 72. 72? It's like a C minus? Yeah. Sounds about right. Sorry, Saturday Night Fever. So we're going to have to watch Staying Alive, the sequel, so you can... Oh, it's even of, worse. We went to CPR class today for our unborn infant daughter. And we were learning that for now pretty much across the board, they changed the rules. And now for CPR, what you do is 30 chest compressions and then two rescue breaths. You can do it for like a total of two minutes and then you can go run and call 911 if you're alone. So it's, you know, 30 plus two. And she was doing the compressions using her little fingers on the baby mannequin uh, and was like, okay, does anybody know what rate at which I'm doing this? And all of us mathematicians in the room look at her like, I don't know. And we're like counting. And she goes, it should be about 100 beats per minute. Do you know any songs that are about 100 beats per minute? And we're still all like, what? Where's she going with this? Maybe a famous song from From the the 70s? 70s? And then we're like, where's she going with this? And she goes... The Bee Gees, hello, staying alive. That is the perfect beat for CPR. Usually I have it on my phone. And then she, and, but she's like, but I don't, so this is it. And then she like kind of did it. She was like, staying alive, staying alive. Bah, 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 bah. And then later when we were all doing it, she's like, hold on, I'll try to get it on my phone. And she failed and was like, well, just imagine it. Let's count to 30. And I was like, um, excuse me, infant and, you know, infant CPR lady, but I don't like to think of gang rape <laughs> scenes when I'm trying to give <laughs> CPR to infants. Oh, no. <laughs> Rapey movie, rapey movie, rapey movie, misogynistic and racist, and they can't dance. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, now you know the secret, by the way. Is that supposed to be Pony again? <laughs> Do you have anything to add, Robin? No. No, no. <laughs> I put you in Yeah. So, if you ever have to give CPR, and God forbid, I kind of hope you don't have that opportunity. Just remember, sing Staying Alive to yourself and do 30 compressions to that beat. But don't think about gang rape. No, don't. (laughs) Definitely don't. And don't think about us talking about gang rape, because then you'll just laugh, and you'll be able to give rescue breaths. It'll be like rescue laughs. And someone will be like, why are you laughing in that person's face? This is not funny. This is terrible. And then you'll be an asshole. Don't do it. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> it's cool. It's cool. Uh, I'll shake your paint can. Whatever. <laughs> Rocking and rolling and whatnot. whatnot. I was thinking about like this is the second movie I've seen him in from the seventies where he went too far with the girl. First was Sandy, and she was like, "Daddy." <sighs> Whatever, John Default. Yeah, we'll see how it is. Overcompensating. We know you never want to go too far with a girl. <laughs> At all. Ever. He said at one point, and I quote in the movie, he's like, you almost broke my pussy finger. And I was like, like you have one of those. (laughs) Oh, man. It's for tickling little cats. Tickle, tickle. Tickle, tickle. 
Anyway. Wow. This has been a makeup and a half for last week where we were like straight edge and kind of narrow, and this week we're like, woo! Rape! <laughs> oh, no. Terrible. Misogyny. Dancing. <laughs> Dancing. Channing Tatum. The worm. <laughs> Dude. Yeah. The worm's no joke. Hey, there's still time. If Matthew McConaughey can still do it, you can do it. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> Never waiting for that all podcast. <laughs> you, me, the worm, two weeks. Brooklyn, three weeks. You'll see the worm. That just sounded wrong. <laughs> I'm going to leave it there. I'm going to show uh, Brooklyn my dance moves. She'll be like wailing her head off, and I'll be like, "What do I do to keep her from crying?" I'll be like, "I'll like dance." Are you gonna start with singing with me? Yeah. <laughs> That'll be incredibly awkward for anybody who walks in. What? That would be incredibly awkward for anybody who walks in. You're singing "Pony" to an infant. <laughs> Who's gonna walk in? Me. Other than you. <laughs> what are you doing in my apartment? Possibly my mother. She'd be like, Peter. Dude, your mom loves genuine. She does love genuine. It's true. <laughs> we talked about it before. I, <laughs> I think that was one of our first conversations. I'm like, Kathy, I know. Um, I got to come out with you and, and tell you that I love '90s R&B. So does she. So she was like, Oh my this. god, let's talk about After Seven and Color Me Bad. She, I didn't tell you this. I saw talk, her. Talk about Black Street. I saw her two days ago, and she's so pissed that when she sold our Chatsworth house in two thousand and one, she gave the woman her "Color Me Bad" CD. <gasps> I'm not kidding. She had like a mini breakdown about this in Target. Not like a breakdown, but she was like, "And I gave her my Color Me Bad," and I went, "What?" And she's like, "The CD, the Color Me Bad CD." You know what? And I was like, "We'll get you a new one." She goes, "You can't just find those." Tell her we got it. It's on iTunes. We burned that shit. I was like, there's this new invention called the internet. See? And we can get whatever we want. Nice. So there you go. Awesome. All right. So. That's it. That's all I got for you. Inclusion. I'm done. Peace uh, out. Check us out on Twitters. On Twitters? <laughs> on the Twitters. You could, you could check us out on the Twitters. On the face place. The face place. Um, for anybody, and I, I've already apologized once, but I'll do it again. For anybody who follows me on Twitter who got spammed, I'm sorry. I got you, spammed. You spammed someone? I got spammed. Wow. And all my followers got spammed. Damn. I know. So, I fixed it. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, check us on Twitter, Facebook, iTunes. Write us a review. That would be awesome if you would. Write us a review on iTunes and we'll love you forever. Yeah, but make sure that it's, like, awesome and not, like, those... Those stupid cunt faces. We hate them. <laughs> Actually, that would be a pretty cool review. <laughs> if I was like l- looking through reviews of podcasts and I saw somebody said, You stupid cunt faces, I hate your fucking goddamn <laughs> podcast. I'd be like, I gotta listen to this shit. <laughs> Sounds great. Why are they so cool? The worm. The worm. <laughs> Alright, cool. Um, but yeah, I guess we'll catch you on the flip side. We shall. Bye. Bye.